to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Welcome, gentle listener, to episode 119 of the Big Red Couch. Today on the couch, in the frosty arms of winter, there is... Craig. And myself, Ben... Quietly sweating to death in suburban Auckland. Hey man, how's it going? Alright, I, I was wondering if you were going to go with sort of from the frosty depths of winter to the sweaty ass crack of summer or something like that. I... That that was kind of the vibe I was heading towards there. Thank you for completing that trajectory in the worst way possible. Excellent. So, we are, off to a, we are off to a spectacular start. Alrighty, and I guess what... Without any further preamble, because you're running on mobile data and I am dehydrating through my pores, <laughs> we should... And the fact that we have excellent, excellent um, uh, listener responses from the audience, without further ado, which really needs to stop, um, today's prompt is Home Improvement slash Ghostbusting TV Show. Um, Conveyed to us by our faithful Sergeant-at-Arms, John Rio, um, from James Nicholl. Possibly and from beyond the grave, or possibly just from his blog. We're genuinely not sure. Uh, I think it's a Dreamwood account. If it, was okay. from, um, if it was from the original live journal, it would probably be from beyond the grave. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good work. I- I, I just like 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 the fact that we have received a message relayed by somebody else about a Ghostbusting TV show. It has a pleasing something or other to it. Oh no, you're right. I should have rather than than the the whole army metaphor. I should have gone for like a, a psychic medium metaphor. So yes. Oh, we can do that bit again if you like. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Wait, with this, we we are genuinely as bad as we are. We just try and rough round off the edges. I'm quite, I'm quite comfortable with that. Okay. Yes. And uh, yes, I, I am uh, c- coming to you via um, the mobile data on my cell phone, which is propped up against the window um, through a truly ridiculous arrangement of powered USB hub, because the internet gods do not smile upon me at the moment, and um, the the internet has forsaken us, or more specifically, the place I live in. Indeed, and the uh, you were sacrificed to the spaghetti gods, and let me assure you, the the ethereal spaghetti that leads the information to the other side of the world is even more complex. Is appreciated, mm. but sadly, it was not enough. Also, work from home is really handy for letting technical people in, except when your work from home requires an internet um, um, internet access, and that's what needs fixing. Yes. yes. Kind of one of those, oh, that's ironically inconvenient. So yes, we, we also have a buttload, possibly even two buttloads, of, <laughs> of suggestions from uh, from the, the, the long-suffering audience. Do we need to cover that joke again, or is we just leave it lost to history? I, I think we leave it lost to history. People, people have to figure figured it out by now. True, true. Yeah, it, it, we came up with it, and we are not that clever. Hmm. And to be honest, if you've been listening to the show, you know the level of intelligence you're dealing with here, right? <laughs> anyway, so, Home Improvement slash Ghostbusting TV show. 
I have an idea. I started with a different idea, but then I read the suggestion that um, John made for his idea and very much had to report that the um, HMNZS Craig's episode idea had been lost at sea with all hands, torpedoed by John. So I, I, don't think we can com- I don't think we can complain about that sort of thing happening. No, to, to, to be honest, I'm surprised it took as long as it did. Um, so I came up with something different. How about you? Do you, do you have an idea? Or... I have a couple of things that could be allegedly poked in the direction of an idea. Maybe we start off with John's, because it's complex, in as much as we are going to be able to relate it verbatim, as we often do. John has... John has basically hacked inspectors to be a home renovation show, or to be the story of a home renovation show in progress as you play it. And I confess I know relatively little about home renovation shows, so I'm going to need to lean on um, your experience with watching uh, Homes on Homes and so forth. That sort of thing. Or maybe this is more like the block, the New Zealand, um, like, renovation competition thing. Trying to summarise what John has put here, and we will be we will be linking this in the show notes, or possibly just reproducing it wholesale in the show notes. Let's let's get John's approval there, because yes, it's it's on it's on MeWe, and you can easily find it if you figure out what MeWe is and figure out what our group is called. Um, I'll leave that as an exercise to um, the uh, to the listener. And I'll see whether um, I can put a link on the page before the episode drops. No, MeWe doesn't have a link export. There's no function for that. I think that is deliberate. Even for so need- the community itself? The community itself is fine. It's just okay. that you won't be able to link the, the particular thing. I think <laughs> that is limited, but mm, mm. It's, it's, it is a new thing, and I'm not too sure. But Jaria has taken the entire structure of inspectors and has gone through each of the, uh, the, the way that you engage with um, collecting your collecting your NPCs, the way you structure finding the the property is the same way as you find a job in inspectors. And, yeah, he's broken it down really well, including a few bits of, um, a few bits of colour commentary along the lines of, Joe, take a look at this. Oh, jeez, that looks like echo. Tapping the wall. No, no, look at, look at the wall. The foundation's cracked. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. Bill, what did you find behind that walled up door? What we have here is what you call oh. a dimensional portal doorway of the jungle on the other side. It take a bit more than mortar and brick to clean that up. Yeah, so um, and, you know, it's it's still a, it's still a, a sketch of a of a system, and it does lead into um, links and so forth. It's about the um, the house and house two movies um, from the eighties, which hilariously was used as the basis for at least one role playing game when I was at school. I think it was run in GURPS, and someone pretty much took the story from the uh, the movie and um, walked us through it. I uh, never this? saw those movies. They're kind of funny. Um, the clip that's there's a John Ratzenberger, um, uh, the Mike Andor um, 
Bill character from those little bits, who is a handyman used to dealing with external, like, impossible dimensions and things going through the, um, going into other realities, you know, so, and, <laughs> and very much, a very much a plumber of the apocalypse kind of character. Um, even in that clip, they were the casual, the, the casual homophobia was very 80s. Um, but I remember enjoying them because they really, they were kind of, they're relatively lighthearted and they didn't really, they felt kind of like a scenario someone was kind of coming up on the fly. This is possibly retroactive for me experiencing as a role playing game before actually seeing the film. But yeah, it, they had a, a, a light touch and, Pretty funny. Age and time may not have been kind to them, but I do have fond memories, which I may go and um, seek to destroy by rewatching. I, I might have to watch them. Um, I will also mention uh, Taz's response to John's idea, which is a somewhat more helpful version of mine. Craig's idea was lost at sea with all hands. Um, Taz's response reads, Very nice. Wads up his inspector's hack and tox- tosses it in the rubbish bin. Plan B! Throw it all against the wall and see what sticks. And then rattles off. Home and Goblin, Nightmare House, Haunt Hunters, Dispossessed, Island Unlife, Portal to Adventure, Home Not Alone, and Haunted Honeymoon, a remake of the 1940s movie into a series about a newly wed pair of house flippers. <laughs> and that, that inspired me to a degree for some of, the, some of the things I came up with, which is excellent. That is kind of the... Um, that's kind of the point of the whole exercise, so I like that. And yeah. And if Don needs any help um working through his um his hack, we will I'm sure we'll be able to assist. So yeah. That's I've broken this out in a couple of episodes before, but this podcast is a lie. We're not designing games here. We are spitballing silly ideas that we vaguely hope someone else will design into a game. It could be, like, an off-air version of us, but often we're busy doing podcasts, so that's, uh... That seems unlikely, doesn't it, Craig? Yeah. have been trying to do actual in-person gaming. Incidentally, if anybody out there in the Big Red Couchverse has any advice for running a a play-by-forum or play-by-post sort of game, please drop me a line. I have been attempting to run a game based on one of our very early episodes, Apollo Rising, with um, Kevin and Tonya, the um, the two other original hosts of the show. Um, because of time zones, the last time we were actually able to play the game was March. Wow. Yeah, because basically... Because of that 12-hour time difference between New Zealand and the UK, um, all it takes is somebody to be busy, somebody to have not slept well, somebody's horrible cats to have kept them awake, and it's really easy to just not be in the right space for gaming for almost a year. Um, which did make me wonder just recently, is play by yeah, is play by forum a thing? Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I would check both um, Fear the Boot and Happy Jacks for advice on this because oh, yeah. they have a they have a tons of advice on various things. It's a bit specialised. It um, seems unlikely they would have missed this one. 
Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, and they do, and they do have games and, and forums. I almost ran a play by forum back in the BBS days. Um, like it was a, a like a colonial marines thing set on a planet where they mine as, they mine asteroids by blowing up the asteroids in the in, in orbit and act, and driving around in extremely heavily armored harvesters to pick up the chunks that rain down. Um, mm. And it n- almost it nearly happened. Um, but yeah, yeah, that there are. I think there is there are there is technology and um, principles that will let you do that. Setting out a good um, cycle of when moves happen, especially if it's larger than group and say like two players in a gym, I think it's really important because sometimes people can get really, really into it and flood those sorts of forums, which is their enthusiasm is wonderful, but it can be overwhelming or just monopolize a lot of people's time. So you've got to kind of, I guess there's got to be some sort of balance. Yeah. Some sort of, some sort of mechanism for making sure that everyone is, it's like spotlight time, but you know, you, you get, it's asynchronous. And you don't want it to be too, you get to, you know, you get to type a tweet's worth of, of, of stuff and then wait for 24 hours or something, but you need to have oh, some sort God, of... Oh, God, no. Yeah. And if it's, if there are systems where you can break it out, um, especially on a forum, I mean, um, if you can break it out into, or like a Slack instance or something, you break it out and say, okay, our characters are having a conversation over here. We're both awake. Here we go. Typey, 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 typey. Um, before before coming back to the main story. That's cool. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that would, there, there's options now, yeah. which is which is good. All right, I just thought I'd throw that one out there as a... Um, oh, yeah, no. Hey, this, sure. was, this was the thing. Yeah, I'm sure people will have even less ungrounded advice than I have, so, yeah. Hmm. All right, so, yes, and uh, we'll do everything we can, with John's permission, to get his really rather phenomenal um, uh, sketch of an inspector's hack to where people can see it. Because, to be honest, yes. it is worth reading and reading it aloud would not work. It would be a little bit redundant. Um, and, yeah, even I, who consider the idea of home ownership and renovation as being slightly more terrifying than the prospect of the supernatural, um, yeah, I could see myself playing, playtesting, you know, contributing in any way that um, John will find useful. So, yeah, we'll see if we can make that a wee project. Uh, or at least we will assist in any way that uh, is appreciated. So that's, yes, bravo. Now, we also have for for Home Improvement slash Ghostbusting TV show, uh, we also received an email from Will Myers. Remember, Will? Email! Email! Yeah, he's still talking to us after I slandered him horribly that other time. Hmm. Um, and this this looks to be squarely in your wheelhouse, so I will, I'll hand this one off to you. Fair enough. Welcome to Haunts and Ghosts TV. This is Ghost Flippers. Okay, is anybody else thinking, like, dolphin, undead dolphins? I think that was in the, the end of the last episode that oh, we shit, mentioned, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I, it's already the fact that that House Flipper just makes me imagine, like, really comfy aquatic wear that you walk around the house in. <laughs> like like house slippers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. For this game, I'm picturing a mix between Mansions of Madness for house layout and Munchkin for game mechanics. Each player, I'd say no more than four, 
take turns pulling out floor tiles for their house. Once that's done, the goal is to do repairs in each room of your house so that you can flip it, but you also have to remove the ghosts from your house. Play is drawing cards and either using items to help you repair rooms or exercise ghosts, but you can't do both at the same time. Other players can play ghosts in your house or other hindrances such as deal with the devil, unfinished business, and spooky child. Or, if they hate winning, they can play cards to help you out, such as Exorcism, Salt Circle, and Burn White Sage. The first person to both cleanse their house and clean their house is the winner. I'd need time to come up with an entire deck of cards. Interesting. I would consider making this one, rather than being directly like head-to-head with multiple um, like multiple people building multiple different houses, uh, like of the Illuminati game, card game style, mm-hmm. I consider the idea that maybe you have a you effectively have a hand of room tiles and, an, uh, and some items and an objective of some sort, and you're placing down rooms and going and and. You're looking to create a particular... You want to create a particular sort of property or a property with a certain kind of attributes. So you're placing you're placing the cards that you believe will get you there and also stuff that you believe will um, allow you to, to get the, 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 the victory points effectively out of the cards that you want. Like you're, look, you're looking for something that's got at least two bathrooms or something, like, something weird like that. So you are... Everyone wants the house to succeed. Unless possibly they don't. Trade a mechanic. Present... Um, but they want the house to succeed in the way that benefits them. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it could end up a little bit too directly antagonistic, or at least to have the mechanic where the you know think games like Illuminati or um, Zombies have when aha someone looks like they're ahead, all out nuclear strike on that player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like. The clever victory would be to say, ah, I'll put a, I, I need more bedrooms for the house that I want. I'll put a flight of stairs here, create a second level, so people can place more second level kind of things, stuff like that. Or you know, I'm going to attach little things there. I, I'm intrigued more by that possibility, but I do like the uh, the. The idea that like you had like four or five people randomly creating. I guess it also it, you could go for the wacky, the wacky deal with whatever the hell is happening right now. Place random cards, make random house, clean random house of ghosts, and fix things up. It, that would have to be really fast paced, really, really kind of just wacky fun. You don't want anyone to get sort of like too invested in that. So it's basically the the Winchester mystery house variant of the game. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think the idea of you are a team but each of you has slightly different priorities and yeah, the possibility if the game gets big enough one of you one of you is ghost interesting and that also that also I, I've, I've had t- taken some inspiration from that for the ideas that I've got as well so yeah I, uh, I, 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 I like the prospect there sounds pretty cool yeah I mean I, I could go with either variant um, I, I do like the idea of everybody working on the same house I can see the, the, the benefits inherent in either approach. Hmm, um, yeah, yes. You could have a lot of fun with... And I'm borrowing this blatantly from the board game um, Villainous. You could have kind of a themed deck 
for each player's house. So hmm. that you've got, rather than the, and I'm being oh, yeah. hit with a standard, a standard issue spooky child or whatever, you're riffing on a particular type of haunted house situation. You could either go for the fully branded experience or the the homage to pastiche experience. Either way, it's like mm. this. Yes, this is straight up the Amityville horror theme set, or um, the Exorcist theme set, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, this is this so. is Poltergeist. This is Gremlins. This is, this is Paranormal Activity. Yeah, in grainy black and white, tiny. Tiny sidebar, I understand you play board games now. Weird. <laughs> I, I don't know who I am anymore. Indeed, indeed. I'm, I'm, you've changed, man. <laughs> I'm glad you're having fun. I just thought I'd bring that up. But yeah, ironically, I've gone off board games fairly substantially over the years, I think. Partially it's burnout, and partially it's just this, this horrible thing of like, I've seen people buy walls of the goddamn things. It's like, is this a problem? Are you okay? Do we need to have an intervention? <laughs> I, I, I think the intervention needs to happen, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I will put down the board game thing too. It's actually only been a couple of, um, I can give up any time I want, a, a couple of board gamey events with people who have enough range of board games and where there are enough people there that you can grab the grab enough people who are sort of interested in, to be blunt, board games that are simple enough for me to understand, because I am not good at complex interlocking rule set. Well, it's what you do for a living, it's not what you do for fun. There is that, yeah. Um, And so can sort of find a game that will will do the job, Will, will be entertaining, and not a horrifying death march, which to my mind, is what the various Battlestar Galactica board game expansions turned it into. Oh, yeah, that is that is the the, the metastasizing of board games into we now, you know, we have a, a you know, a fully grown human's worth in, in weight of expansions now. Yep. So that every time you, you, you turn up and you play the, you play a game, you it, it doesn't resemble the game you played last time. It's like starting again, and you weren't sure you got, got what was going on the first time. It's like, yeah, I had that same experience with Dominion. I think looking at the the, the, the structure of the game and how and how it works, like this is this is really interesting. It's like, and then now I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> and how is this related to the first time if we played this game? <laughs> like, uh, yep, yeah, a little bit. So, so, so yes. Um, but yes, I've played board games now. I'm actually waiting for a board game I, I supported the Kickstarter for to arrive. That is how far I have sunk as a person. I think you've gone too far. There may be no saving you now. To be fair, it is a game that is about pirates and maps and programming. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, they may as well That's say, well. Craig, buy this. I mean, more or less they did, <laughs> but, you know, they just phrased it yeah. better. Um, some similarities Ooh. to Robo Rally. Huh. Okay. I'm I'm fully intrigued now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I've, I've never played should... Robo Rally, but I, I have always wanted to. That is a fun game. Confusing as hell, but it's confusing on a on a very fundamental level. It's meta confusing. 
Oh no no, it's it's like it's it's everything that happens it makes sense in a degree, and it's just wrapping your head around the fundamental confusing thing of which way am I facing right now? Yep. And doing the robot dance, of course, is the, very, the, the very, robot dance. Very, yeah, very... Well, I still remember you talking about your technique of just not bothering to shuffle or even look at your cards, just playing them in the order you got dealt, because well, you had no idea where you were going, neither did anybody else. I think that was you. It could have been me. It does sound like the kind of maladaptive strategy I might employ. I mean, for Rover Rally, it might work for a while. Certainly in the early stages. If the environment that you were in wasn't very dangerous, it might actually work. Oh, no, no. It's generally for something... If there, that's, I think that strategy is for out-out-thinking people who are trying to out-think you. Ah. So it's like, uh, I, I only have... I have a limited number of cards. I've got a limited number of options. Who knows what's going to happen? I might as well put it, leave it up to chance, so that anyone trying to outwit me is also trying to outwit, outwit probability. So they are in fact trying to outwit an unarmed man who isn't even playing. Nice. All right. Well, you think you had some ideas based on Will's ideas for this one. Um, and in fact, in fact, this thing, it it kind of percolated out of the the spaces that we'd already seen ideas, which is. Seeing some of the other other um, suggestions in advance, well, obviously it's futile rep- replaying these ideas, so you get, get some different options. My first and worst idea was some sort of Tim Allen seance for um, either him or his career, depending on how strongly you feel about Tim Allen. I, I don't have a funny bit for that. I mean, I, I do actually own... Neither did he. Ooh, <laughs> ow. <laughs> I do actually own at least two Tim Allen books. I don't know. He hasn't done anything remotely redeeming since Galaxy Quest, so... I'm sure he can handle a slam from a... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wildly obscure gaming podcast? Indeed, indeed. Um, It it vaguely reminds me of the time that I mentioned before on the cast about playing um, Beyond the Supernatural as the cast of Married with the Children. You could make it a similar sort of thing, but yes... If if you could set up a horror scenario where you're creeping through the home improvement house and you hear the as some sort of ghastly horror special effect, that would be um, that would be a thing. <laughs> I can dig it. <laughs> um, but yes, it, apart from you know just judging, judging. Apart, apart from um, of you know doing doing that sort of thing, I, you could get some comedy terror out of that, I guess. Um, the idea I had was sort of a cross between uh, many of the ideas that have come before, but the idea of running a a game, effectively a Beetlejuice-esque fixer-upper um, renovation game show like The Block. I don't think I've actually watched it, but it gets reported a lot about in New Zealand um, news. For the benefit of, of the listeners, The Block is a show in which four teams of two, often but not always couples, are competing to renovate, or in some cases fit out, um, houses. They have a limited budget. There are various challenges along the way that can win them more money for their budget, or sometimes stuff in the form of, well, here's $15,000 worth of kitchen so that's effectively money for their budget. Uh, these challenges are also kind of structured to be annoying in standard 
reality TV way and eat up a phenomenal amount of time. I think that's about the kindest review I can give to the blog. Nice. And I, I'm amused that the original four block houses just outside Tecmona, which I live within the vague vicinity of, have either all been pulled down for apartments at the stage or have been turned into offices to manage the pulling down of the others <laughs> turned into apartments. They were also, they were also, they weren't homes. Um, they were, they were also sort of turned into like commercial offices or, or little, little business outfits very shortly after that. That was like 10 years ago though, wasn't it? The first, oh, yeah. 10 or years ago. So yes, and because of the, the horrible, horrible price increases in property in Auckland, they've had part, I mean, part of the, Part of the recent ones, I don't know if it started off like this, was the idea that the part of the score would be getting the had the house auctioned, and then the money you get back would be. I think you would make that the, the contestant would take the profit or something from that the is original accurate. house. I I did watch one season. The winners got somewhere north of three hundred thousand. The and people was, who yeah. came last would have been better off being on an unemployment benefit from an hourly rate point of view. Yes, especially the, the hours that they were trying to keep this this crazy thing going. And, and there's been various sorts of reality show dramas. Um, people being made out to be villains, people actually villains, contentious things like same-sex couples and so forth. It's like, yes, contentious in a very broad sense. Um, but yes, the bit where they suddenly discovered that Oh, these people have done this a huge amount of work, and they're going to they're going to flip this house, and the prices means that they've made they've made next to no profit. Is the is the property market tanking? It hasn't still entirely, so it may have just have been an anomaly. But see, the people starting to freak out, like the thinking the the uh, the um, housing economy is crashing because of a, a um, reality game show is kind of funny. It is a little bit funny. Except for the, you know, the, the housing crisis itself. Ooh, I should definitely um, link Philosophy Tube's um, housing crisis superhero thing. It's amazing. Your folks will love it. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll link that through. The housing crisis explained in terms of uh, deep superhero lore. Liking it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, nice. Anywho... My idea was that rather than having, uh, maybe like a, if I've seen a little homes on homes, I haven't seen a lot of uh, sort of these renovation shows and so forth, maybe grand designs or something like that. But that's a little bit more call me Ishmael. That stuff is a little bit, a little bit extravagant. A little bit, yeah. The the, the show of people whose grasp exceeds their reach sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's quite. A, uh, um, it, you're never not impressed at their vision. But <laughs> it's like, wow. Um, anywho, the idea that it's sort of like in a, in a sort of a, a Beetlejuice sort of universe, that you're trying to fix up an old stately home or something, but to satisfy two sets of tenants, corporal and non-corporal tenants. So... Nice. The idea that you are effectively... And this could be, it literally could be, a, it, it could slot in as an adventure into the, um, into John's suggestion. There's like, 
oh yeah, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to renovate this, this building and rehabilitate the inhabitants enough so that, you know, people could live here, live, live here, not just dwell, live here. So that seemed like a, Hmm. Seemed like a possibility. Then again, just like arming Holmes um, from Mr. Holmes from Canada with crucifixes and um, stakes and so forth, and having to do renovations with it on haunted houses would probably work as well. I'll be honest; I did try to come up with an idea based on that. Yes, a nasty case of vampires. Yeah, that could. I mean, that could be fun. The thing I, I think I also came back more to be maybe be a um this is getting the gravity of the reality tv show premise dragging me way off beam here is the idea that you do a a real uh, a real life slash big brother kind of show with you know a bunch of flatmates except the the the, the twist is the place is haunted and one of the flatmates may not actually be living there Nice, and none of the flatmates know who the, uh, the, the 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 deceased flatmate is, and they've got to kind of try and find out and, and figure out what's going on there. Of course, if you're running it as like a one-shot con game, that the the twist, the the M Night Shyamalan special would be, they're all dead all along, <laughs> and you play it like a paranoia secret society thing. It's like. Nobody can admit to being the ghost or whatever the, the, the challenge is, is, is failed, but they can't not suspect the other people, despite knowing that they're the ghost. So they, they all think there might not be only one ghost? Oh, m- initially maybe not even that. It's like, oh, I'm the odd one out. I'm the ghost. But no, they're all the ghost. <laughs> Interesting. I'm trying to think of a name, but like Flatline Mates is a bit... Doesn't quite... Doesn't quite scan. Yeah. No. And Flatmates isn't a, isn't a universally understood concept. Yeah. Roommate has different meanings based on where in the world you are. Hmm. I'll have to workshop that around. But, but yeah, as, as far as like a one-shot game, the idea that... Um, Playing off the, not me, yeah, possibly close to the inspectors or to maybe primetime adventure, the idea that you have these, like, the confession booths and so forth, but the idea that these people tiptoeing around going, aha, I must pretend to be looking to find out who the ghost flatmate is, but not let on that I'm the ghost flatmate, could be amusing. Mm. I think for a con game, I would want to... Unless you wanted this to be like, are you a werewolf? Um, I would want the who is the ghost bit to not be the sole focus of the game. That there should be sure. there should be something else, part of which is who is the ghost, but it's not the only thing. Because if somebody figures it out fairly early on in the piece, either True. by luck True. or no. judgment. Um, or, or being just very trope aware and then lucky, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you you have to get the feeling the people go, aha, I knew it all along. Say that a lot, and they may be um, 
it may be the uh, selection bias that is uh, getting them. Yeah, but that that would be an entertaining one. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what the other thing that you would be doing would be, but that would be quite entertaining. Yeah, maybe maybe there is uh, if it's like treasure concealed inside the house. Maybe it's an es- maybe it's like a an escape room. I I was wondering along but that line. Very yeah. I, uh, not, not like, not like it's like a physical treasure you could like tear the the, the 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 walls down to find, but there might be clues and things and so forth, and they're looking to figure out a a the way of of breaking the code, but the the, the code is within the things inside the house, and it's not. I was I was wondering about because I was just thinking it's you know, it's a if it's a reality TV sort of sort of setup. And there's a ghost flatmate. What if you've got the circumstance where the the producers are aware that something's gone wrong and that there is an extra person in the house that shouldn't be there? So you've got the circumstance where just to sort of effectively to dump extra information into it, for whatever reason, possibly to do with ratings, they're not just cancelling the whole project, hmm. but they are trying to indicate... There's something wrong here. Figure it out without a hundred percent, effectively without breaking the fourth wall. You would need to come up with a, a reason other than ratings to do that. But... Oh no, you don't. Oh no, you don't. That would be perfect. It's made me think Actually, of that's Ben Elton's yeah, yeah. almost famous, um, and a tiny bit of Cabin in the Woods. Um... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It's, 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 I, well, okay. It's not. That's the that's the meta commentary of Cabin in the Woods. We do these things because the audience demands it. Um, <laughs> just yeah. But the um, as you know, I was thinking even maybe you know, twisting on. I mean, you could take it directly to the good place. Um, Actually, I might not. I might not go any further there because that's kind of a spoiler. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm only yeah. like two episodes into the Good Place, so it would almost certainly be a spoiler. But yeah, okay, I will shut the sh- I will shut the fuck up now. Cool. But <laughs> yes, you could you could have some fun with that to kind of throw extra information, in, extra information, confusion, and and sort of plot into things that you're getting these somewhat cryptic messages. From the outside, they're probably from the um. Well, they're, they're definitely from the recording crew. Maybe they're from the producers. Maybe it's from one of the cameramen who is horrified by the fact that they're allowing these people to crash these um five flatmates to crash around an environment where there is a sixth flatmate who is a ghost who's not showing up on the cameras, but they can see all these people interacting with them. Mm, that's kind. Of, that's actually a, a um, that's actually a really good premise for a horror movie, to be honest. Um, e- even if the and it would be, I, it would be interesting if you ran it as you did an asymmetric horror movie. The idea that you 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 film two films concurrently, and one of them is the people inside the. And, and maybe it, maybe this is, this, this is, this is hardcore, um, this is a hardcore reality TV show where people must stay inside the room and they've got to figure out the way of getting out. But they've got to do other things as well. They've got to live a normal life. But 
they are completely sealed off from the outside. And they and they've got a series of things that unlock over time that mean that they can figure their way out. But also there's an extra person and the people the people filming this are going, okay, what the hell's going on? Are they have like check the, 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 the carbon monoxide levels? Are these people going crazy? Have we done something terribly wrong? And on the outside, they're trying to, like, what, who are the, how are these people talking to? So you've got the, the threat of the people in the control booth trying to figure out what's going on, going and doing the investigation to find out, you know, what happened in this house was, was you know, and like discovering some sort of terrible, terrible history while you've got the people doing the, functionally the sixth sense thing. Mm. Except, Working that out, so yeah, that would be a different one from the ghosts all realizing that everyone else was ghosts. The people, are, and and the, the 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 spirit in question could be trying to help because you know maybe there is there is a good reason for um, why they're there and what they have some unfinished business to be uncovered. But yeah, that could be really cool. Depending on how you wanted to do, it, I was just thinking of how, if you're willing to go to the extent of props, doing the mm. thing of. Okay, so the weekly newspaper has arrived. Um, this article catches your eye, and it's basically, for whatever reason, possibly to do with ratings, they haven't just simply pulled everybody out, but they are trying to feed the information in. And so it's like, okay, it's a newspaper. We will reprint the news articles about what previously happened in the uh, in this newspaper for them, so that with a bit of luck, they'll figure it out. Or we'll just give them a really old newspaper and hope they figure it out. Yeah, I mean, lots of you. I think that's the kind of thing that you would have to really script out as the idea. You know, the hints that are being dropped. That is so the downside. You'd, to, you'd, need, you'd, you'd have to really think about how things are being, yeah. how things are being conveyed, because that could be that could be interesting. As like, because puzzles are always tricky, yeah. because of the vari- variable levels of engagement and so forth, and, and things like that. But oh yeah, it absolutely. It, I, th- I think any any useful information realistically has to be in the headline. Like you just want the impact of the headline. Anything else is use is great, but they don't need it. Would be my my approach to it because yeah, as you say, otherwise it's a puzzle. Those are never fun. I I think you may be. I think you you also you you're, you're recalling your bad experiences more than the good experiences oh, God, yeah. for that particular one. Yeah, but so many bad is, experiences. Yeah, which which are you, clearly over. This is, you can't see my mouth on the odd stair here, which is tricky yeah. in a room this small. Yes, indeed. Well done. Um, but yeah, the idea that that, that huh. oh wow, okay, it, it, this this gets even more cabin in the woodsy, which is a terrible phrase. Um, but the idea that some external, some external force, like possibly the 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 um, distant relatives' will or some organisation, has said. Here, here, there, there is a great reward for a group that that follows these instructions. Places a bunch of people in the, in this environment, um, seals them off from the the outside world, and monitors them and, and, and monitors them closely. And you can do anything else you want. And so, and a reality TV production company goes, brilliant! This is exactly what we need. We've got we've got a set. You know, it's ready. It's ready to rock with all of the cameras and so forth. Awesome, and but the stipulation, the stipulations that they have been given mean you can't influence the outcome, and if you do, 
your your reward is forfeit, which is why they're going, okay, it was a good it was a, it was a good idea of ours to 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 set the people up thinking they're in a reality TV show by making it a reality TV show. But now we're committed. We've started a reality TV show with the premise of getting this other this other reward from this other party. But now things are weird, and it's clearly outside of our um, thing, but we can't stop. Mm. Nice. That does lock them in. Yeah, so they're like, okay, this is all very terrible, but we can't stop now, or all of this has been for nothing. And we have to at least try to keep these people from being eaten by the whatever. And it may be that one of them already has been. <laughs> and he's still around. That's pretty cool. I like that. It almost works better as a a, a, a plot for a, for a, a horror film. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, and the idea of putting out two films concurrently from two different angles is like, and having one functionally spoil the other is something I've never heard of people doing. That would be kind of an interesting... Um, Which order would you watch them in? That's the trick. Some you have to choose. Mm. That is that is that is that is the um, that is the poison chalice that the that the, the the viewing audience has to accept. It's like, do I do I am I am I one of the flatmates effectively, or am I in the well, one of the producers? Am I in the control booth? Mm. And that would cause people. I mean, that would cause people on Twitter on film Twitter to melt down. It's like, okay. You can't concurrently, and, and, and by choosing to see one before the other, or not realizing one is, is related to the other, and you just, and by leaving bits out of, of, of each other's story just enough to, to it's like a, ooh, a concurrent sequel, or. It's not as mad as the guy who set up a, um, like a, a Soviet era. Russian town and trap people in it. well not trapped but have people functionally live their lives in the 1950s for several years I didn't hear about that, that is a one um, it's called Dow it's a Russian film by Ilya Krasnovsky Kravinovsky I'm not sure um Let's see. Preparation for shooting the film began in 2006, whereas actual shooting started in 2008 and went on for three years. The project consists of over 700 hours of material shot on 35mm, um, which is out of which the company is making feature films, TV series, and a slate of science and art documentaries, as well as a transmedia project. Functionally, they built a town and they surveilled people and had people play out their lives, like, everything. Weird. As though they were living in it. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So weird. Okay. Um, so yeah, but get kind of close. But yeah, if having it cross over into that would be... Um, and that comes out in Russia this month. So yeah, it will be... Who knows when it will make it to... Um, and some of the the the, very, the various releases. Well, they've got seven hundred hours of material to churn through. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was it was intended to be released at Cannes in two thousand eleven. So yeah, that's a. Uh, 
Wow. Uh, let's have a look somewhere. They don't say how long the film is, but you don't get tickets. You get a visa for six hours, 24 hours, or unlimited duration. Ooh, that's disturbing. Yes. Okay, we don't have to quite go there. don't have to quite go that far, but the idea of... So that, that's an, an innovative way to do it. But the idea of having a... Um, I might be just on... I might just be reading, uh, watching too much film YouTube, but the idea of concurrently shooting two films, both of them functionally bottle stories, but one steering into the other, and then releasing them concurrently and making critics and audiences choose which they are going to see first and fund them like this i guess one of them you're going to call the observer effect because by electing to collapse the waveform from either end you are changing your experience in the film i mean it's the same as if changing experience of film by wearing too tight pair of shoes sort of thing or not cleaning your glasses that happened to be an avatar, I think. That's kind of horrifying. Sorry, we've, we've kind of wandered into film theory. Quite a while ago, but yeah, we, we yeah, can drag yeah. it back. So, well, okay, okay, cool, cool, shall, cool. shall I drag it back with my one? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Okay, cool. Because I, after having my um, idea shot out of the water by John, and, and to be blunt, it was a crap idea. There, there, yeah, there, there is no shame in that idea being shot out of the water by a superior vessel, uh, which it was. Um, so I decided for to do a bit of a rethink, um, and kind of focused on the home improvement bit of the Ghostbusting TV show. Exactly. No. Right. Right. Okay. That that home improvement. That home improvement. Right. The TV show, home improvement. The core of the show within a show, f- for the the TV show home improvement, the the tool time, is that we've got. They were. They were dead all along. No, no, no. there was another one. <laughs> <laughs> Not even slightly, no. Um, it felt like purgatory? I quite liked it, Look, but, you know. Uh, Wilson, was, Wilson was God or something? No. <laughs> Sorry, too metaphysical. I, I'll put some of that back in. Uh, where the hell did you watch TV? And had they checked it for, <laughs> like, spores? Um... <laughs> Part of what I was thinking was that the the shtick of the show is that you've got Tim, who isn't actually technically incompetent so much as careless and wildly over-enthusiastic, and Al, who is actually technically competent, does actually know what he's doing, but often cannot rein Tim in, and kind of has to end up being the butt of 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 a lot of the jokes, and dealing with some of the messes. Um, and so basically my, Fair enough. Yep, yep. my, my thinking mm-hmm. was okay well, you, let, let's go with that dynamic and so what you've got is it doesn't have to be set in the modern day but at least has to be set in a time when extraordinarily specialised TV shows are a thing so you kind of set up a time set a time window of basically from the 80s onwards I suspect um, mm-hmm. you've got an area, maybe it's as small as a city, maybe it's 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 bigger than that. Uh, you've got an area that is is having a ghost problem. It's not the sort of thing that's getting into into the news as such, but it's being noticed. It's being noticed to the extent that the 
the local diocese has spotted this and is frankly having trouble coping. And so in a truly sort of brain spasmy attempt at outreach, they have funded an a ghostbusting exorcism TV show to try to put out there the basic information. So this is not a you can exorcise the devil himself. This is more a okay, here's how you keep the ghosts out. And so you've got they've gone and found a a a good face man for the show, they think, who yeah, maybe actually went to seminary at some point, so knows a little bit about at least you know, can can talk the language. Uh, they've got the long-suffering Father Borland along with with him, who actually knows what the hell he's doing. Um, and well, if you've seen the show Home Improvement, you pretty much know how it's going to turn out. You've got somebody who's wildly enthusiastic but doesn't know their own limitations um, and that's just a recipe for hilarious disaster I can see Al Borland with a tonsure and you know some sort of some sort of vestment indeed sister Heidi (laughs) wheeling out the next dangerously liturgical contraption exactly (laughs) an ornament uh, um, an, an audience of of folks I mean yeah, I figure this is showing on cable TV, sort of before, yes. you know, slightly after Bassmasters, and before the Chase and Sanborn hour. Kind of, you know, we're, we're not dealing with a particularly, um, a particularly popular show, and you've got to assume that most of the people who tune in are tuning to, into it, assuming that this is a gag, that this is this is a comedy show, or is at least the equivalent of a TV psychic in terms of whether anybody will actually admit to believing anything that's going on. Mm. Possibly the goal is, well, we don't actually care whether they believe it so much as they remember it when things start to go weird. You know, they remember right, so... the burning white sage. They remember the salt. Right, so it is the um, Dresden verse version of Dracula slash the game's uh, the Dracula the book or, and the Dresden Files game purpose that people get this information and have it in their consciousness. Yeah. But it's like a, a broad spectrum inoculation rather than than, than a, a more direct approach. Indeed, because you know, within the, the context of the Home Improvement um, TV show, you know, they were showing things like, well, this is building a bird box or a toolbox or fixing a toilet. We're not building a house. And it's kind of the Mm. same thing here. This is not performing a full-on exorcism. This is cleansing a place. I mean, I think the show should probably be called Bless This House. Nice. Absolutely. Yes. I was thinking of system. Uh And, um, I mean... Inspectors came to mind, but then I kind of had a, let's call it a brainwave, that I don't know whether there is room in the gaming space for a somewhat comedic take on Apocalypse World, or Apocalypse Engine, but we've got, I mean, Apocalypse World, to my very limited um, exposure to it, seems to work very well where you've got quite strongly typed characters, and in the case of what is effectively going to be a show about, or a game about 
a show and also the world wrapped around that show because I figure they're going to go and do site visits when the budget stretches to it or when when something's interesting enough they're going to have stuff occurring in the um, in the studio but a lot of the fun of the game will probably be the things that happen wrapped around it and so the idea of an apocalypse world hack where you've got effectively you know the face the priest the crew mm. the neighbor all of these people Mm. Um, is is something I would at least look at. I'd be perfectly willing and expecting to find that there's bits in there that make it not work, but it is to a certain extent. If you were doing it as kind of a a haunting of the week sort of thing, then a lot of the the game is going to be about the relationships between these people, which mm. works solidly. If you wanted to do it as by bizarre fluke, even though you've got the full weight of the, the local diocese and possibly some people called in from uh, head office, as it were, trying to figure out what's going on with these hauntings, the people who actually figure out are this stupid cable TV show, and they're the ones who end up dealing with um, Vigo the Destroyer, um, or, or whoever, if we're, depending on how Ghostbusters were going here. If you wanted to do that game, then maybe it wouldn't work so well. If you've got a plot arc that is leading up to a really big uh, confrontation, then again, maybe it would. There are any number of all the of the playbooks out there. Um, I'm thinking specifically for masks. There's a fair few of those that kind of have the idea that you're going to come to this crux point hmm. in your character's development, and it's very much a make or break. And all characters eventually grow up to a degree. And that means shedding some of their youthful um, characteristics. They, they don't quite have adulting as a as a um, as a move, but close. Mm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's an intriguing take. Yeah. Mm. As I say, I don't know whether there is a space out there for a somewhat comedic apocalypse world hack, but it might be worth a look. Um, I think Apocalypse World, even if you play relatively light-hearted, the, the feels are real. Mm. Even if the, even if the threats are relatively, they, they, and, you know, most, most Apocalypse World games, the, the threats are present and dangerous and, are uh, coming to get you. Cause that's fundamentally what the, um, the MC's job is to make sure that the characters' lives are interesting and exciting. Mm. So, yeah, it's a tricky one, as far as... It would be possible to go too dark and lose some of the, mm. the light-heartedness of this is yeah. a crappy cable TV show that nobody admits to taking seriously. What you're describing is Ghostwatch, where they go for this light-hearted, do you believe in ghosts? Ah, oh, there's Craig Charles being... Basically, being lister and, 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 and fun and, and you know, being very 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 empath empathetic and, and, and serious when talking to people who think who are dealing with this. It's like, oh, let's go to the phones, and then, then suddenly it all gets terrible. Okay, so that might yeah that, that that could actually work. Yeah, if you didn't want to do the episode of the week um, yeah. thing, then then going with the ghost watch model of just things get worse and worse. Yes, it's like 
Do you believe in ghosts? It's like, ah, it's eating my face. Um, it, it depends how closely you want to do, you want to, to stick to the home improvement feel. That is, that's, that's the issue there. I mean, you could have, if, if you had, functionally, you had the Winchesters from Supernatural, but somehow stuck in this thing of, of trying to inform the populace via a crappy, um, cable, you know, local cable show. That would be kind of desperate and awful, but also kind of hilarious. <laughs> granted. Granted. So, yeah, it's... Actually, that's that kind of feels like a supernatural meta episode. <laughs> a little <laughs> they, bit, they've yeah. Done the crossover, they done, they've done the crossover with Scooby-Doo. They've, they've done the bit where they meet the people making the show, and or an alternate version of same. So, yeah. They've encountered fanfic... And 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 there was the musical, the high school musical episode. Don't remember that one. Yeah, it was pretty good. Okay. Because yes, some 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 kids made a musical based on the books, based on their lives. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> that's a that's an that's a naughty one. I think yeah. I mean, doing the ecclesiastic the the exorcist version of home improvement is kind of a fun gag. Yeah, spinning that out into like an ongoing series would, and focusing on the personal relationships without escalating the stakes. I don't really see a future for that. It's kind of a sketch. No, it's. But then again, if you escalate the stakes, you the threats get more. Yeah, and as as we've talked about it, I think if I was if I was doing it as a one. As a, as a one or two shot, yeah, haha, this is a funny show, or oh, a funny idea, then sort of a fate hack or quags would really be my go-to. Um, <clears throat> if I was, if I wanted to do, and people were on board for the, okay, so we're going to start off light, it's not going to stay that way, I'd go <laughs> with the full-on bath, bath forth ecclesiastical apocalyptic um, option, and, and, and take that route. I quite like the idea of the outreach, though, and it's like, the, and, and and have it really be like a, a, a good-natured open house where they you know they get in the, the Shinto priest and just discuss you know their approaches and so forth, mm. and they sort of make it make it real good and wholesome, and, 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 and then have it spiral into the oh, we are the last best hope <laughs> somehow, but have what have the the you know the real, the real treasure was the friends we made along the way kind of outcome. Mm. That would be cool. That'd be cool. And I, a little I, bit sacred. I, but, I like the yeah. idea of Wilson was dead the whole time. <laughs> it's just it's literally just a hat floating above the. Um... <laughs> oh no! Because I mean, you do you, you just never see this one particular portion of his face that you never, you know, you never never see, and then it turns out that he's been mm. helping along the way. He's genuinely on their side. He's he's yeah. genuinely be useful. You know, he's also a horrifying apparition, and the reason he keeps that part of his face um, hidden is because that's where the 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 yawning void um, mm. through which he could consume souls, if he was like that, exists. Yes. Yeah. Now uh, that's um. Yeah, there's definitely some options there. The the, the whole premise. Keeping all the, all of those parts of the premise aligned, that is going to be a feat. But 
I, I, I like it. Mm. Well done for... Was that Will or John who blew that one up? Because you, you came up with... You, 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 you recovered from the from the landing quite well, I think. Yeah, John, John, John's, John's idea was the one that scuffered that one, so I'm I'm pretty happy with how it ended up. So yeah, hmm. So du- double duty from Australia there. Awesome. All right. So we also have some suggestions from various members of the audience um, for other show, other episodes. For some some ideas from based on prompts from previous episodes, Will also had one for episode 118, Winter of Our Discotheque. I went to the funkadelic Frankenstein's in the mean streets of Monster Town, just for the setting. Here's the scoop. A new gang has moved into Monster Town and has set up a new club called The Night Club. The gang is called the Discotechs, and they're led by a supposed human, Discotechs, and they are trying to take over the city using Discotech. I am confused I I all... already. I love this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope I got all the uh, the, the uh, annunciation right there. <laughs> given, um, given the accents that it's going to be filtered through, eh. Yeah, true. True, fair enough. Um, yeah. Disco Tech, C-H, is, uh, grenades that look like disco balls, large cannons that look like speakers, laser lights that are actual lasers. It's up to the gang from Prometheus, jo- the Prometheus Jones Funkadelic Frankenstein Detective Agency to figure out what Disco Tex is up to. I'm leaning towards mixing bl- blood with quaaludes to get the vampires hooked. Wow! <laughs> that was that was a sudden dark bit of real- gritty realism at the at the end there, Will. But I, I, it checks out. I'm just loving the audacity <laughs> of it. It's like, hey, there's vampires. Let's get them hooked on our drug. There is no way this will end badly. Quaaludes <laughs> <laughs> is a good choice. It might keep them like vaguely like pinned down. I, I I am just imagining a a a scene with the discotheques having been found out. A bunch of <laughs> vampires coming down off the ludes, wanting their next fix, sort of homing in. The Prometheus team from the Prometheus Jones sort of looking at you know, looking at the vampires, looking at the discotheques, and then just saying, Y'all are fucked and leaving. <laughs> <laughs> just horrible screaming in the background. Um, that would be one way to resolve the situation. It wouldn't actually fix things at all, but yes. There's nothing so helpless and depraved as a man in the grips beneath the binge, but not quite. Yeah, the only way to stay sharp is to do a bunch of amos. Not all at once, but steadily. Just enough to maintain focus at 90 through Barstow. <laughs> it worries me that I knew that. Yep, it worries everybody. Just let, let's be clear. <laughs> I used to listen to the audiobook of that on shuffle at work when I was um, a utilities draftsman. In hindsight, not a good idea. <laughs> wow, that was a Bunch of red flags. Excellent. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. That would be a fun game. The, um, dragging it, dragging it, kicking and screaming back to the, uh, quaalude laced, um, blood for the vampire set. Um, also, disco ball grenades. It definitely has sort of a mystery man vibe there, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> That's a real combo. <laughs> that, that is, oh, cool. that, that is awesome. 
And we have something to... Uh, we've got one from Burning as well? Yeah, there was a... It's a very short bit on... Um, from, from Well, started by Burning on the topic of Winter of Our Disco Deck, which was basically just Burning cropping up on the thread on the Fear the Boot forums saying, Now is the winter of our Disco Deck, made glorious summer by this son of funk. <laughs> to which I had responded with, Damn, how did I not see that as a possibility? And uh, Getamono cropped in with, Yes, it's a scenario perfect for quags, Funkadelic Frankenstein on the mean streets of Monster Town. Which drags us back to um, Funkadelic Frankenstein. But if, if you go a bit Shakespearean on it, and to my limited understanding of what the hell that line um, line means, it's basically the, the, the winter, the dark times of... The disco uh, of the discotheque being brought into glorious summer by the son of funk, mm-hmm. which presumably means, depending on how weird and dark we want to go, um, the monster rights movement getting a real kick in the pants, as it were, with a very charismatic leader um, who is sort of leading them out of the the dark monster ghettos and and into the light to the extent that various species within the monster can do that. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, vampires are a thing. <laughs> you're, you're being diurnalist again, dude. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, lead, yeah, yeah. Lead them out of the shadows? No, that still doesn't work. Lead them into society? <laughs> yeah. um, in any case. So, yes, you, you could have, depending on how you wanted to do it, the uplifting story of the... Um, of the the monster rights movement getting a, a a real boost from a charismatic leader, or you could do what I assume a lot of people do and say, "Yeah, this guy's totally totally going to turn out to be running a cult or something, isn't he?" Yeah, the son of funk, absolutely. Though I will throw throw out there the comment that um, somebody had many years ago, I think on their um, signature line in RPG Net, um, which read, "You are not immune to funk damage." unless it actually says Immunity Funk on your character sheet. You can't stop Funk. Yes. I think we all kind of wound up on the same general vicinity with the uh, that prompt, so that's nice to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all have terrible, terrible views of humanity and apparently monsteranity. Yes. That's almost a word. Um, <laughs> and to round us out, Burning also had a suggestion for the Salon Noir episode. A big part of the Noir vibe is getting caught in a world where you have no t- hope of beating the system, but you're going to try anyway. So I pictured a former magical girl team. Um, so I pictured a former magical girl team. They fought the good fight for years against the mad scientists and alien invaders, all the while crime bosses and corrupt politicians gobbled up the world that the team worked so hard to save. When they realise it was a very real problem they can't solve with a little magic wand, it breaks them. They split up and go their separate ways. Years later, there is an exciting incident that makes things personal. The death of a mentor might be a cliche, but it's a pretty good option, at least gives you an idea. And so they get the band back together. By damn, they're going to fix things, even if they have to burn down everything to do it. And there was a comment uh, from Tad in response to this of, I wonder if you can hack, or even need to hack, John's magical mom force for that game. <laughs> I don't know anything about that, but that sounds alarming. 
There'll be links in the show notes. That is quite uh, fun. That- Mm, it, it, it reminded me of a couple of the, the webcomics that I linked in that, that particular episode, and also back to an anime called Re Colon Creators, um, where anime characters were being pulled out of the zeitgeist to fight a battle for reality in modern day Japan, which was <laughs> fairly interesting. And, and, and so the, the I would deeply recommend it, but when they, they discover the, um, the magic girl with her her shiny heart special power attack, which is supposed to, like, like, basically maybe leave people with scuff marks and to reconsider their life choices, and it hits buildings like an anti-tank weapon because the, the, the rules have changed. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Leaving behind yeah, yeah, craters we, of love. Well, heart-shaped craters. They're still, you know, actual property damage and capable of killing people. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that would that would be interesting, you know. When you know, when the when the um, magical girl's gloves come off, that would be uh, that could be terrifying. Hmm. What what happens when all those magical girl powers still exist, but they're filtered through somebody who is a bit more pragmatic, pragmatic, a bit more world weary. And a lot more sick of this shit. <laughs> it's not going to stand up, stand for your shit anymore. Yeah, that could be uh, cathartic for for many people, I suspect. I've just cool. oh god, you put this in the hands of the wrong people, by which I mean role players, and they are going to do things with the magically um, appearing um, shoujo mallet that were never meant to happen. <laughs> what happens if you get your magical sh- shoujo mallet and it springs into life inside somebody's mouth? Well, I guess we're about to find out, aren't we? <laughs> Too dark? Pretty dark. Mm. This is a safe hammer space. Maybe, maybe I'll cut that bit out. That, that, that may, have, may have got a bit dark, but... <laughs> yeah, the whole sort of... I, I'm, I'm quite liking the idea of the occasionally world-weary um, pragmatism um, magical girl squad. That that has a certain something to it. Yes, that, that definitely that would definitely be a, a a that would definitely be a an aesthetic to pursue. So cool. All right. Wow, that's a lot of excellent ideas from our wonderful audience. Um, and thank you for all contributing such great stuff and for, and yeah, surviving the episode where we really didn't stay on track at all so we, we, we did not hopefully we we hit some entertaining points along the way um yeah mm-hmm. the real the real podcast was the friends we made along the way yes what is that even from i don't know but people keep repeating it and it's wound up stuck in my brain the, re- the real something is the friends we made along the way yeah yes no idea okay so this is traditionally the bit where we would tell you, well, this is what the next episode is going to be. This is the next episode prompt. Or potentially it would be the bit where we realise that we haven't actually drawn a card, and so we fossick around and try to do that, and then whoever's on editing tries to edit that together to make it sound in any way interesting. Um, however, we had the thought that we might try something a little bit different with this one. And so, instead, we've basically got four ideas four prompts for the next episode and so what we figured we'd do is throw up a poll on 
the Facebooks, on Google+, on basically whatever things we can figure out how to put a poll on. You might be able to do it with WordPress. I'm not sure. I've never checked. Oh. Well, you can always ask, and people can comment if they feel There, there is that, yeah. Um, and basically, get people to decide, well, what is our next episode going to be? And there is absolutely no mechanism to stop people from visiting multiple um, multiple sites and voting more than once. Because, to be honest, it would be an enormous ego boost if people cared enough to actually do that. Yes, that would be bewildering, but lovely. Yeah, indeed. Um, and I'm figuring that we have basically a, a, something of a Deadpool rule, or I, I may be misremembering how this works, but we'll put these up, and if one gets unselected or it remains at the bottom of the pile for multiple iterations of the poll, um, we decide that no one wants it and it goes away and we put something fresh in. Probably one of your suggestions. So, double contribution. Mm-hmm. So, without without further ado, the the potential ideas, I mean, this will be in a poll, but here are the ideas. We have, it's all downhill from here. Uh, do we have a source for that one? Uh, not that I can see, so if we know it, that is fine. we've forgotten it. Indeed, that's, that is from the internet. Um, next option is, levitating blue whale, suggested by burning. We have... I will be a witty man with my dangerous bottle from Will Meyer. And Song of the Old Gods, the Color Out of Space album from Thunderstep. And special um, uh, special announcement on, on base that, there, uh, Nick uh, Cage is going to be in a Color Out of Space movie directed by the guy who did The Island of Dr. Moreau, one of our... Um, one of our favourite little pieces of um, cinema on the Big Red Couch. We, need, we do have to need to compile some some pages about the things that we keep talking about. That that is true. I mean, we're, we're talking the the version of the Island of Doctor Moreau with the stainless steel fears in the ice. Yes, indeed. Excellent, excellent. Indeed, there is apparently uh, a thing. A I should be able to recall the director's name, but he also did hardware and um, a couple of other things, which are. There's a non-zero chance I've seen hardware. It's going to be directed by Richard Stanley, who did The Island, Dr. Moreau, um, Hardware in 1990, based on a 2000 AD short story, some uh, some other odd things. So yes, that should be interesting, to say the least. And apparently a um, documentary called Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau, which we should, I should definitely check out. Apparently... Fundamentally better than the um, than the movie itself. Interestingly, because I, I just looked looked this up. Um, I looked up the. This is the nineteen ninety six Island of Doctor Moreau. Yep. Because um, I mean, this is only from Wikipedia, but we've got the film was directed by John Frankenheimer, who was brought in half a week after shooting started. The screenplay is credited to the original director. Richard Stanley, and Ron Hutchinson, which makes me wonder what the hell went wrong. Uh, that would be the, the uh, topic of the documentary Lost Soul. <laughs> okay, and so he's making the cover out of space with Nicolas Cage. Our man, Nick Cage. 
It's going to be quite a thing. <laughs> I I am looking forward to this in ways that are not even wholesome. Um, this is this is <laughs> going to be brilliant. I have no idea what what Nicolas Cage is going to bring to the party. He will bring a Nicolas Cageiness, and that's all he needs to bring. That is true. All right. So, so those are the choices. Um, <laughs> hopefully, by the time this episode actually drops. Um, Polls will will already exist for for people to cast their vote. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time!